Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoop. Yo, yo, peace and love, yo, yo. And Johnson. Guido, we are currently in the coveted college football nine days of happiness. Nine days. So, but, so Johnson, I have a question. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you feel happiness right now? I'm trying to. Can I answer it that way? <laughs> no, that's not. No, no, you got to say yes or no. I, you're trying. You're I mean, trying to means that you don't have happiness. Yes, and you are question trying to make mark? yourself happy. Like, I, yes, question mark. I'm not sure. I think. I mean, well, a win. You're right, Johnson. A win should make us feel happy. WVU beats Baylor 43 to 40 in what can only be called a defensive struggle against Baylor and the Mountaineers. Um, <laughs> Like I, I don't even know. I like we talked about this on text before we did the podcast today. Um, the game was a couple days ago. I don't even know how to break this game down. I really don't. And it's because, and it's kind of the conversation we we've sort of had all along, which is we said they were going to win some games. They won this game. It was, it was a win. It it was about as ugly as a win. See, could you're get. trying to. I See, we're too. trying. Scoot's and I, here's, so quick, quick hot take before Scoot hops in here. Scoot's not even. Scoot's not even trying to try. He's no. not even going to try to try at all. No, there will be no trying. Well, we so in the preseason, we all picked that quickly as a loss. Last week, you guys stayed on the no hope side with Jake. By the way, we had we had Jake Lance on from Smoking Musket last week. Jake joined in that. You guys all picked losses i was the as scoot likes to call me the pessimistic optimist and i picked a win now granted uh what halfway through the second quarter i was like what ding dong chose a win here because this clearly ain't happening and then i don't know like something did happen and we we pulled one out scoot yeah i don't i want to be excited i can tell so give me give me reasons to be excited Wait, listen, Dwight Wallace is excited. He came out after the game and said, hey, nine nine wins is still well, on the table. You scooting. tweeted that, and then the funny thing was there was just no tweets back, or, or there were tweets back, but no text in the tweets. It was like a line of people tweeting different variations of pump the brakes. Like, it made, it, I don't know. That made me laugh because it was like everyone was on the same wavelength. I don't know. I, I'm not nearly that optimistic. We do. I want to be optimistic, but I'm not nearly that optimistic. I don't. I don't see – I don't know. I guess, again, I'm going to go off of the eye test. I saw some – I saw a couple of things that I was like, okay, if we can continue to do that, that might not be a bad thing to see. And that being Tony Mathis, instead of going left and right, actually put his foot in the ground and went north and south, more north than he did south. So that was a positive. I'll give you that. I think that was – because, to be honest with you – I think he needed to show that. Otherwise, I was going to totally lose faith in him altogether. So that was a good thing. I agree with that, Scoot, because I think w without saying it, what you're thinking too, you know, I was afraid without C.J. Donaldson 
this rushing attack fritters away a little bit, right? That's what right, I was right. afraid of. I think Tony Mathis did exactly what you're talking about. He had some really nice runs where he did find the lane. He did put his foot in the ground and, and, and then he showed some quickness. I mean, I think, look, I think Baylor was struggling on defense, but still Tony Mathis was a huge factor in this game. I think he goes for 163 total yards. Um, you know, he gets the huge touchdown near the end of the game. I, I thought he played a great game. Now, I was going to say, we did do the predictable, hey, Justin Johnson, you're coming in for the third offensive series. Here's your segment of carries. That continues to be a little bit weird, doesn't it? Like, yes. I don't know. There's like a script that's being followed there. I don't know. It's odd. And then, and then we also did the, hey, Garrett Green, we're going to throw two plays for you. Just to thank you for not transferring. Right. <laughs> right. We know we've screwed you over in the past. We just want to give you a couple of plays. <laughs> we'll throw you a bone here. Uh, Neil Brown will still be upset with you for some reason, and uh, you can come out. I tweeted out, like, what is the virtue of these Garrett Green plays? Like, what what is the purpose? Because it's not like he comes out on the field and they do the same thing every time, and the defense knows what they're going to do. And there's, like – it's like, I don't understand. And it is. I feel like you're right, Scooty. I feel like it's like, hey, Garrett, we should probably put you on the field just because you stayed. Like We know we gave here, you a rough time last year, so here's a player too. But here's the thing, guys, and I think what continues for me to build on this team, which is the offenses, the offenses just swell. They're just swell, guys. They're good. Like offensively, we were good. The offensive line looked better this game. Defense continues to struggle. Luckily enough for us, you know, we defensed better than Baylor defensed. Like, that's the only way to break it, this game down. Well, I would argue, actually, sorry to jump ahead of you, Scoot, but I would just argue against that a little bit because I think anytime you give up 590 yards, like, did you hear what I just said? 590 yards. I don't think you out defensed anybody. I think I, we had, so when we had, if you haven't listened to last week's show, go back, listen to last week's show. We had Jake on when we were given our predictions for the game, Jake pointed out just how Baylor and WVU are almost mirror images of each other in the, in the right. box score, in the stats, you know, different. And he went through, you know, offense, defense, special teams. The only place that he pointed out, like, Hey, WVU does absolutely nothing to generate any takeaways or turnovers. Baylor actually does some of that. That will probably be the difference in this game. And that's why he thought Baylor would come away with the win. It's ironic that WVU then comes out and does something they have not done all season. And they generate, Jake was calling them havoc plays. And I think, I guess, so where I'm going, Guido, is I guess if you have a redeeming quality of giving up a truckload of yards you were like agents of chaos in the process right i mean the the blocked extra point aside which i actually think turned the whole game you know they they did just create chaos that fumble return that scoop and score for jazeer cox was enormous uh you know the the um the interception late in the game that kind of sealed everything. I mean, they, they created enough noise and enough chaos, you know, I, I would give them credit on that, but otherwise, man, I spent a large majority of this game just frustrated because we couldn't stop anything. Well, and then on, on top of everything else, I, and, and this is horrible to say, 
I texted this to you, Johnson, in the middle of the game. It's horrible to say. I think that as much as uh, Andrew Wilson Lamp had a really dirty hit, I mean, and he knew it. He knew it was a bad hit. He got up. He understood that he was. Uh, that hit is what kind of won the game yeah, for us when he knocks I out, know. you know, Shapin, Blake Shapin for the rest of the game. And, you know, now they're they're on their second quarterback. They're on their backup quarterback. And WVU starts to take control the momentum more from well, there. So it's terrible to think that that's a good thing, but I think at the end of the day that was a good thing for WVU. No, I know. You're not wrong. And that's what makes this a little bit hollow. I think it's hard to celebrate too hard because Shapin was on his way, Guido, to having essentially a career game for him. I think he still finishes with, what, like 320-some yards passing. I mean, he was torching us. Now – you know, the fumble was on him. The scoop and score fumble is when he was in the game. But I think you're right. I mean, it's hard to argue if he stays in the game. I mean, that's definitely a help to Baylor. Now, to the backup's credit, he came in. They didn't really miss a beat. They come they come right back down the field and score a touchdown with him at the helm. Um, but, yeah, that was that was an ugly hit. I don't think he intended it to be that. I mean, when the quarterback – when you're already sort of going low for your hit and then the quarterback slides like that, well, I don't know how you guys feel. I hate the quarterback slide because it's sort of like, let me now put my head in traffic, you know, when you do that. And he took a terrible hit. I mean, as soon as it happened, you're right. Defender jumps up like, oh man, you know, that, that was not the intention. I don't think, but boy, it looked terrible. It looked terrible in real time. So Scooty, uh, I guess at the end of the day, you know, WVU gets a win. We're one step closer to retaining Neil Brown as our head coach. Neil Brown comes out after the game and says, the people here tonight saw a heck of a football game, and the people who weren't are probably disappointed. Where, like, I, I guess, where are you now, Scooty, on the Neil Brown Staying, going, team turning around. Well, Scoot, do you want to do you want to talk about the crowd really quick? Can we talk about that before you before we? Because I want to join in this in this part too. But we, we, Guido, you said this going into the game. Well, because I think I we, called it. Yeah, you I did. called it. By the you, way, yeah, you did. I did. You almost. I said exa- forty two. Yeah, I said forty two thousand. I was going to bring that up. You almost exactly called it, and I scoffed when you said that because I feel like a WVU crowd is always guaranteed 50 i mean that's just how our fans are i feel like the crowd so when you said that i was like nah but then scoot 45 293 showed up and it did not look great on tv by the way no i mean that's the announce that's the and always keep in mind that's the oh that's a good point yeah that's a good point that was the announce that's not turnstile that's not people through the through the gate that's generally tickets sold that includes season tickets it looked like it was forty ish. Yeah. There. It was yeah, it wasn't very big. I, I just think Scooty, like for me, like, does this change your opinion or does this change any opinion on the well, direction of the team? So any thoughts of Neil Brown, if you had thoughts of Neil Brown not finishing out the season, those are gone. He's gonna right. finish he definitely this finishes season. out the season. Absolutely. He's going to finish this season. Yeah. If the only way he doesn't is if I don't know I, he quits on I his own, no. which right not going to happen. Um, I think 
to be fair, he is one or two more wins away from getting all of next year. I think if he wins, I think if he wins five games this year, he comes back. It's interesting you say that, Scooty, because ESPN updated their power football index ranking win percentage thing that they have on their website, and if you look, a lot of the win percentages for WVU went up, yeah, including they, they ticked up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they ticked up, including they're now favored in the Oklahoma game at a fifty-eight percent win percentage chance, and the Kansas State game. At 53%. That would leave WVU finishing at around 5 and 7, Scooty. And do you, I mean, here's the problem I have with it is 5 and, and we've said this multiple times. Well, does 5 and 7, does he keep his job? He shouldn't, right? So if you go back to what Shane Lyons said before the season started, he made that statement where, you know, we need to show progress. We need to. And I, I would think progress would be winning more games than you did the previous year. Um, I don't. We're not. I don't. Still don't see us going to a bowl game unless something crazy happens. Uh, our defense just will. Our defense does not necessarily. It will not keep us in games when our offense struggles. I think. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. So I I don't know I just don't see I mean maybe I'm wrong I, can I guess I could be wrong um, I I will tell you I am not excited about the Neil Brown era I'm ready for to move on from Neil Brown you know you watch a game like we saw uh, this weekend between Tennessee and Alabama and if you recall Johnson I think I texted you about this or maybe both of you guys. Uh, the last time we saw Tennessee, which I think was when, 2018? Uh, in Charlotte. Yeah, I think that was 2018. And we beat them? Bad. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Bad, like soundly. Like yeah. they had no pulse. Right. If I recall, they were like right. deadbeats. And here we are four years later, and they seem to be like they're in the top five. Well, and only... I think what we were talking about is what only two years into Josh Heupel, right? Yeah. Two years, I, mean, I think we could have had him as a coach, I suppose. Um, so we are looking at a team that's in the top five, just beat a top five. They have a very exciting offense, you know, looking at, uh, not, like I said, I think ours is okay. I think our offense is fine. Um, Hendon Hooker is a pretty exciting player. Uh, the wide receiver was pretty exciting. Hyatt, what do you have? Five touchdown receptions. So I mean, that's that's pretty exciting. Could could we be that to an extent on offense? Sure, we could be that, but it's just it's it's frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, I think the frustrating part is is for WVU fans, and we talked about it with Jake Lance of Smoky Musket last week, which is that the turnaround. If it's even if it's still happening, it's happening too slow, and there's not. There's not enough of there's not there's no there's no sign of it, it like gainful improvements. Well, anytime isn't soon. It, I think that's the challenge. Isn't it interesting, though, you guys, that winning cures everything like Twitter after this victory was all oh. backslaps. And I'm reading tweets like coaches had the guys ready to play. Really? Really? Did, like, did they? You well, know, like it's just praise so of the offensive line coach. I mean, the offensive line had a solid game. 
I expect them to have a solid game, a lot of games, you know, like, and we gave up 590 total yard. Like what, what are we, what exactly are we saying with that? And, and Scoot, if you lose that game 43 to 40, you want to fire Neil Brown. Like, it's just weird how that, that tick goes into the win column and suddenly everyone's like, it's great. Like everything's well, great. You know, we're happy. To, we're only five plays away from being five and one, you know, like it's like <laughs> ridiculous. Like it's frustrating to me that West Virginia fans are so willing to accept slightly positive things instead of, <laughs> well, and I think, no, but I think what it is, Scooty is, yes, I think it's more that like, like this is great. It was, a, it was a fun game to watch. Like if I, I'm a football fan, I love watching close games. Like it was fun to watch, you know, it was stressful, but it was fun. I think the problem is, is like now everybody's like, they win a game, they beat Baylor who hasn't won Morgantown, by the way. Uh, they Isn't beat Baylor. that weird? That's a, that's yeah, a that, weird stat. Oh, and six. That's a weird. They've had yeah. some very good teams over the last few. I don't know. That's odd. But now everybody jumps back on the bandwagon. Like that's what kills me about it. It's like now it's like we oh, get a win uh, and, and everybody's like, let's climb. go. Trust, yeah, they're yeah, back on trust the, the climb. No, that's right. Everybody's handing no. out carabiners. Like everybody, stop. Like, you <laughs> know, <Just> stop. Like <laughs> right. filling up the thermos, packing like, their backpacks. Yeah, talking like, to the Sherpa, like I mean, everyone's excited again. I don't understand. I mean, I mean, I'm glad to. So to answer your question at the top of the show, Guido, I'm glad to win. But it's like, look, next, and I know we're gonna get to it. But next game, guess who we play? Oh, I don't know, a Texas Tech team that has the best passing offense in the conference right now. So, like, my all like, roads go through Lubbock, <laughs> is what the coach said. <laughs> That's right. I and remember again, and that. I guess, and, and I mean, I feel like every show we're kind of harping on the same thing. So I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. But it's like every time I watch this team, I'm like, this was this this was what we had said for the last three games, which is the offense has to come out and score on every series, which they just about did in order for us to win a game. And so we gave up 40 points, but JT Daniels and Graham Harrell and the, and, and, you know, Tony math, everybody came out there and we put up 43 and won the game, which is ridiculous. The over under for the game was, what did I say? 56, I think it was 56, 56 and a half. Yeah. It was 56. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the final score is 83 points. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, West Virginia has totally messed up Vegas gambling because already the over-under for WVU Texas Tech is set at 68, which is, like, ridiculously high. So it's 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 just I, – I, that's what I can't get over. It's like if – it sets JT – especially if I was JT Daniels, it sets him up for – he makes one mistake and we don't have a chance well, to and, and it almost happened. That that almost happened, Scoot. Like late in the game, he makes a decision to throw a pass, and it it becomes a terrible intercept. I mean, so as much as I'm right with you on, hey JT, please go sling it around because we need you to score 72 points a game. Like there were still some decisions and plays in this game that, I mean, you'd be lying if you said you were sitting at home not groaning and saying, oh my gosh, terrible decisions, things like that. So I, I, yeah. And what kills me, Johnson, is to Neil Brown, and this, this is the other part. This is where he's not winning me over as a football fan. Neil Brown talks to Jed Drenning going into the halftime uh, break, and he says to Jed Drenning, well, if there weren't drops and there weren't this, and if we had caught this play and if this pass had been made, we would be in a different position going into halftime. 
And he says, and, and coverage needs to be a little bit better. And it's just like, are we watching the same game, Neil Brown? <laughs> like, are you like, why aren't you coming in there going? And I think it's probably because he knows the defense isn't good. And he knows that like it doesn't matter what he says, it's not they're not gonna get better. Uh it just kills me that every time he talks, Scooty, it's always about offense did this wrong, offense did that wrong, or issue with offense here. And then the defense coverage needs to get a little. Well, better. he's not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna point out the obvious flaws because that, I think that makes people like, well, why are you still the head coach? The ones that may have some decision making about it. What I what I want to know is, so you said the over under for the next game is sixty eight. Sixty eight and a half. Is there a point total that we <laughs> give up that sets not only West Virginia Twitter on fire, but potentially? <laughs> the West Virginia football coaches offices on fire come <laughs> the following Monday. Like if we gave up 68 points, <laughs> right. If we scored 14 and Texas tech had 55, yeah. <laughs> like if we were solely responsible, like, yeah, is there, under? is there some sort of like, <laughs> okay, like we've been able to stomach, you know, you're giving up, you're averaging probably, I don't even know what we average giving up. What's well, probably like 35, I would say. And that's including the Towson game because but we see, didn't give up but, any but there. Scooty, here, here's the problem. And like, I think it has to be a series of games, right? Like, I think at this point now, there has to be two or three no games. There's no one single high point. No. I mean, what, if he gives up like 85 points? I'll say and 65. We score, yeah, yeah. I don't think so because you know what people will say because it's West Virginia, right? And people will be like, "Well, but the Baylor, but we won the Baylor game." Bless his know. heart. But we, yeah, you <laughs> no, know that's bless his heart. We beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, like, like I, I just wonder if there's like at what so at what point do some of these pessimistic optimists just stay pessimistic? <laughs> Like there's going to be some place where like, what's like, the final straw? Yeah. Like, like what's the point the... of no return, right? When do you get, I guess what I'm asking is, is when do the rest of you join me? Like what, <laughs> what, is, what, what can I do to get you to join me? Like what, what will it take? I mean, Scoot, I, I submit to you the next two games, right? Guido, like you're going to yeah. play Texas tech. I mean, I don't know what their defense is. I'm, I don't think it's anything to write home about, but they, they, they're like I said, the number one passing attack in the conference. And then once you navigate that, you're going to play a TCU team that right now cannot, I mean, they're six and zero. they can do no wrong. They just, right. they just beat Oklahoma state on a furious comeback in the fourth quarter, which I thought was super impressive. I mean, the next two games, it feels like our secondary. So if you don't, if you don't create those havoc plays that you just accomplished against bait, like if that does not become a trend now over these next two games, I think your secondary becomes cannon fodder for these two offenses we're about to run into. So you may get some of that, Scoot. I don't know. You may you may get some of that beyond forties. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Johnson, because I think I think these next two games, Scoot, are going to be tough sledding. If we give up forty or more in the next two games, you're looking at three games in a row where our defense has given up 40 or more. I don't know that I've ever felt like our defense is more capable game to game giving up 40 or more, Scoot. I mean, this this defense is like I said if it doesn't even with all those havoc plays, Baylor still found 40 points. Consider this. Baylor 
had, what did you say, Johnson, 590 yards 590, on us? yeah. Right? So Baylor, going into our game, was averaging 250 yards a game, right? Averaging 250 yards a game. They put 590 up on us. Texas Tech, right now, is averaging 365 yards a game. Oh. <laughs> like, do they put 800 yards right, on us? I was getting ready to say, like, do I'm I hear the math in my head real yeah, quick. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... That's where it's gonna get it's it's really gonna get iffy, you know, with with this team is eight hundred yards. Eight hundred yards. Would that do it for is, you, Scoot? Maybe you're still in uh, the forties, but it's just. I a feel like track there was a stretch meet. last year where we went like three or four games and couldn't total eight hundred yards of offense. I mean, we gave up fifty five to Kansas. Like, what if they top fifty five? How many games? Here's a good question: How many games this season out of the twelve will we give up forty or more? That would be an interesting Ooh, question, right? That's that's an interesting. So, how many games so far have we given well, we've up? Given forty up points. Twi- it's happened twice, forty or twice. more, and there's six remaining. And it's yeah, it's almost happened three times. Like, and that's the problem. We gave up thirty-eight to Pitt and thirty-eight to Texas, and then we gave up fifty-five to Kansas, and now forty to. Like, so we're actually Pets. averaging probably. Pretty close to forty points a game. Well, I mean, I guess you take out the Towson well, you game. Got, the Towson. Virginia Tech, we only gave up ten. Yeah. The Towson, we Virginia only gave Tech up and Towson bring that down. But Scoot, you've got. I think I would. I would then submit for consideration Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State are still on the Four schedule. More games like I would of lump, potential forties or more. Yeah. So six half your schedule, you gave up forty or more. If that happens, that's woof, right? That's pretty rough. And is that um, maybe more so when Virginia Tech decides to make changes? They go and say, "You scored ten points on this team <laughs> that gave up forty or more to like what Everybody are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing yeah. here? Well, exactly. Well, listen, I told Guido last week. We put it in the show notes. We didn't talk about it. I mean, because no one wants to talk about Pitt, but Scoot, last week, Pitt played Virginia Tech, and a Pitt running back broke Tony Dorsett's single <laughs> single uh, game record. He rushed for over 300 yards by himself. <laughs> so, you know, when we had a great game against Virginia Tech, I continue to put that in perspective, like, man, those guys are struggling. So... You know, I, I don't know. I guess looking ahead here to Texas Tech, I think, you know, I'm now on this, On you know, Jake has kind of convinced me that maybe that's the only reprieve we can get from, from this defense week to week and playing the competition we're going to be playing that wings the ball around. Maybe you just become agents of chaos. You know, I didn't see it against Baylor, but Guido, we've been talking about like, like, you know, blitz 80% of the time, who cares? Just sent, you know, like try to get the quarterback as uncomfortable as possible. I mean, maybe that's the type of stuff you do to help out this secondary and to try to stem, you know, the 590 yard games. I don't know. Maybe that's what you can try to do. Well, let's talk about this Texas tech game real quick. WVU plays Texas tech on Saturday in Lubbock, 3 PM. That game is on Fox sports one right now. Texas Tech is favored by four in most of your sports books. If you look, um, I like a solid four. I'll take a four a lot of times. 
Uh, better than like that that stupid uh, three, two and a half threes. I, I hate those. Um, and the like I said earlier, the over under is sixty eight. Guys, Texas Tech is coming off a loss from a number eleven ranked Oklahoma State, forty one uh, to forty. And, the, and and Texas Tech had a they had a strong start to the season. I think uh, they had that win over Texas. That you know thirty seven. Uh, 34 win over Texas, and that was kind of big. But, like, here, here's the thing. Again, I think that the problem with us in the Big 12 is is that most of the Big 12 offenses are, you know, gunslinger, over-the-top, throwing-for-yards offenses, and that's where our deficiency is on defense. Like, And if there – I will say, Johnson, and we talked about this last episode, and Jake brought it up too, and he said, you know, I don't understand why they're not rushing the passer – I definitely saw this week in the Baylor game, the pass rush was a little bit better this week. You saw, you know, the quarterback under pressure a little bit more this week than we'd had seen, especially in the Texas game and in previous games. Yeah, and hopefully we see them, I don't know, kind of pinning their ears back a little bit more. I think that's the the stuff I'd love to see now that to try to help these guys out. I think if you give them any kind of time, I mean, Texas Tech, you know, other than other than the NC State game, and I think NC State has a pretty solid team this year. They only scored 14 points uh, back in sep- like mid-September. They've they've put up 28 or more points in all their games, and and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not inclined to think they'll do anything different against us. I, I would think they'd be able to to sling it around against us too. Yeah, and I think that you know the other thing you got to remember is uh, they they bring people to the stadium in Lubbock. Like it's going to be 60,000 people in whatever. AT&T what is it with T like Jones AT&T yeah. stadium on Cody Campbell field right. uh like whatever it's called uh so you know you're going to have and they're coming off of two losses it's their first home game since the Texas game they've been on the road the last two games i just i get worried and this is you know for WVU this year we won on the road in, against Virginia Tech uh we lost against Texas on the road so it's It'll be interesting to see how we respond after this. This t- I mean, it was and it was a battle against Baylor, Scooty. This this win uh, against Baylor. How do we respond back? Do you do you think that you know the turnover factor for the defense? You know the scoop and scores. The defense did look the interception that we had. Defense looked a little bit better. Dante looked pretty good. Had a sack or two in there. Do you think, Scooty, that like we can build on that? Do you think that defense is starting to dig in any at all? No. The answer <laughs> to that is no. I don't think the defense is starting to build on anything. Getting, trying to get Scoot bought in on anything uh, yeah, is really hard. I even lead the question. Right. Like I you even it. led like, the witness, and he still didn't. He didn't. I take think it. it's going to be. It could be brutal for us because when brutal. when. Their strength is passing, and our biggest weakness is pass coverage and pass defense. That's a recipe for disaster. That's JT Daniels needs to score every time he gets the ball, and he probably needs to do it quickly. Yeah, the Ollie meter is going to come into play again, right? We can't be, we can't be, we can't see Ollie out on the field four or five, six times. We can't afford to take long possessions. Because I think they're going to score quickly on us, especially if they throw well. Well, and the other interesting thing, too, that I don't like about this is, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, I think, in other in other um, looks at this schedule, but for whatever reason, we're 
were 0-3 in our last three games against Texas Tech against a coaching staff that they've now fired, right? Like, we, we yes. already weren't figuring them out to begin with. Now, I'm not saying they're tremendously better. Texas Tech comes into this game 3-3, three and three, but I think they are fired up and motivated. The coaching, they do seem to have a lot of excitement around this new coaching staff. I I don't know. I just don't feel good on a road trip to Lubbock. Weird stuff happens there to begin with. And I just, until, you know, Scoot, you're a big proponent of let me tell you about the history of these series. The the recent history doesn't lend any confidence to me that we're going to go into Lubbock and, and come out victorious. Well, and what's frustrating to me is – after wins, we shouldn't feel this way, right? If we felt good about the progress of this team, if we felt good about how this team was trending, being our team, like we shouldn't go into the next game after a what would be considered a big win and say, well, we're gonna, probably not going to win this game. Like that to me speaks volumes about most people's trust of this coaching staff. Now, yes, you're going to have the blind, the blindly faithful who are, you know, unrealistic about what they think is going to happen every game. But those of us that follow the team and follow it closely, like we feel most of the time, like we have to do this, right. We have to do that. Right. We've got to cross our fingers, hold our tongue out to the left and maybe something good will happen. Like if you've got a team that you're confident in, if you've got a coaching staff that you're confident in, like, you know, think back to um, when we had Rich Rod, when we had Bill Stewart, even when we had Dana early on, like we never thought, well, if we do this right, we might be able to keep it close. Like you went in thinking, hey, we should win this game. And if we don't, it's a disappointment. Now we've changed our expectations to, well, we need to try to keep it close. And if we do this right, maybe we can potentially squeak out something respectable. But, you know, there's a lot of like if, ands, or buts. Yeah. And here, and here's the thing, Scooty. Like, I agree with you. And like, you know, granted, the last three years for us playing Texas Tech have, has not been good. I think they've won the last three games. Last year they beat us in Morgantown 23-20, if you remember. Um, we had a run like from like 2014 to 2018, like five, four, yeah, five I think seasons. Five there. straight seasons we were winning yeah, that we, game. Yeah, we had a run. But like I keep going back to, and th- I'm not trying to make excuses for this team and for West Virginia, but I keep going back to the Big 12. I won't say the Big 12 is the toughest conference. I think the problem with the Big 12 is is all of the teams are pretty even keel keel right now the big 12 is the only conference is the only division one conference that every team has a 500 or better record in it right now so every team in the conference has a win-loss record of 500 or better right the bvu is three and three so like uh i think the the challenge is is you're in a conference you're playing these teams that it's also, I mean, we saw it with the Baylor game, and like Jake said last week, it's also even, and so yeah, it's definitely wide I think, open. I mean, really, yeah. I and I think when you play these teams and you have one little thing that the teams know they can pick apart. In our case, it's the defensive secondary. They're going to pick it apart, and you saw Baylor adjust to that, right? Because Baylor started the game the other night, and there was a lot of 
Oh, I was like, oh, they ran. They had two running plays that series. I wonder why they yeah, did that. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, like it was like three or four over the top dumps. Like, so yeah, you could it, you could be, see them go like, what are we doing? Throw the ball. Why are we yeah. doing this? Why, why are, are we, we not? That? Why are we not passing? One? All right, guys. Well, let's take a few minutes here before we we're gonna pivot and talk a little basketball uh, before we wrap up today. Uh, let's take a few minutes here. Make our predictions. So WVU going to Texas Tech, going to Lubbock uh, this Saturday, three p.m. Fox Sports One. Right now, Texas Tech is favored by four. The over under sixty eight and a half. Johnson, what are you thinking for this game? I, I will remind everybody that both Johnson and Scooty picked this as a loss. I picked this as a win for WVU. Yeah, you're right. I was getting ready to remind you. I didn't know if you remembered that. In the preseason, you said we'd go into Lubbock and get a win. Yeah, I did say that. I'm I'm, I'm going to say. I'm, I'm pondering it. As, as you bring it back up, I'm pondering what was I well, thinking. Well, uh, I'm no. going to agree with, um, I'm going to agree with August me. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay. I th- And I think you said the uh, spread is four. Four. Right now, mm. I think ugh, I think Texas Tech is going to cover that, and and I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like a thirty eight thirty one Texas Tech. That's what I'm going to go with. Ooh. All right, thirty eight thirty one Texas Tech. Johnson picks Scooty. I'll let you go next. What are you thinking? Well, it's going to be Texas Tech, and the fact that they're the best passing team in the conference makes me believe that the people in Las Vegas don't know what they're doing. So I am going to say Texas Tech 48, West Virginia 35. Okay. So gobs of scoring. Gobs of scoring. Do you think they go greater than – so in your scenario here, 48 points – are you saying they sail past the 590 yard mark that we just saw against Baylor? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think now I guess that could change slightly if so there's a couple of simple couple of quantifiers. One, if their rushing attack is uh not existent non existent at all, then maybe that doesn't happen. And also if we luck into some turnovers, that could be that could be a change. We would we would need to show that a couple of the turnovers from last week were not fluke turnovers, and that that's a thing we're trying to do actually. Okay, I mean, he, here's what I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the I'm gonna play the part of Johnson from seven days. Well, you got to keep your you've got to so you've got to predict a win. Because that's I don't what have to no, no because we, he doesn't that, we have haven't to. followed that. No, he doesn't have, I don't have yeah. to predict. Well, if a win. you don't predict a win, you're basically saying you're a moron. No, you're to not. Yourself. No, we're come <laughs> on. Say in August, me was a moron. Is that what yes, you're, you're calling yourself a moron. Former me was not. Former me was not with it. Uh, if I could go back to August and punch myself if in the I face, if I could turn um, back, come on, Scoot. Oh, you sounded like Cher there. I was letting you go. Uh, oh, Cher, right. Uh, I will say this again, another situation where sort of on the defensive side of the ball, the two teams aren't all that different, uh, you know, WVU and, and Texas tech amount of yards they've given up this season, average yards per play, uh, WVU definitely has about a yard more. They're giving up average yards per play than, than Texas tech is. I'll tell you this though. I think that the Baylor game did set the tempo a little bit for WVU. I think this game is going to be close. I also think this game is going to be down to who scores last. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say WVU wins it. 47-43. At the end, they're gonna pull it off. Uh, I just think that there's another. It's. I think it's gonna be another shootout game. They steal. I think a it's gonna be a shootout an- win in Lubbock. Yeah, I find it yes. interesting that you are trying to save yourself by going with the exact <laughs> spread amount, knowing that uh, you're still giving us over 40 points given up. Right. Oh, and I think over 500 yards given up. I That's the thing. <laughs> like, I think WVU still gives up 500-plus yards. I think they give up 40 points. I just – I really am in love with the JT Daniels offense. I think that BFW and the wide receivers are looking great. I mean, JT, listen, like, you guys are watching the same game I'm watching. JT Daniels can, like, they're they're connecting. Like, they're throwing him on a rope. They're, they're, they're I mean, I think this offense can score. Yeah. I just think it's going to be one of those. I think they're going to, if they can continue to do what they're doing and what they did against Baylor and just come out there and throw 500 yards and score, I think they can have a chance to win these games. Well, and, and Scoot, too, I think there were some plays. I mean, Guido's right. There there were some plays in, in that Baylor game where you you know that Daniels couldn't even see the receiver. Like, he knows where they're supposed to be, but Baylor was pretty big up front. They were active at the line of scrimmage. There were a couple plays. I think he was just throwing it to a space, trusting that his receivers would be there, and they were. And in fairness to them, you know, we, we didn't say it, Guido, but – people love to hammer the wide receivers over drops, you know, the, so in that previous game, they got hit pretty hard about in the Texas game, you know, drops that would have extended drives. I thought there were some terrific catches during this game. I thought Caden Prather for one thing played super physical, had some important yards after catch scored on his own after a catch, for example. So I think if you were, you know, in fairness to them, if you're going to knock them after Texas, I think you got to praise them for sure after Baylor Absolutely. because I, I think they I think they really clicked. I think they showed what they could do and I and I think they were they had a really impressive game from that wide receiver core. And I don't think that Texas Tech defense is much different than the Baylor defense that we saw. So I think there's a chance that we put up points. And on top of all of that, Scooty, I mean granted we did find out that Michael Laughlin is officially ruled out for the remainder of the season with a knee injury, which is which is rough. But Palende comes in and looks good, you know, uh in the Baylor game. And on top of that it is official. C.J. Donaldson clears COVID protocols and likely, not officially, but likely active for the Texas Tech game. So I think there's a lot of parts that could play in our favor offensively. So we'll see what happens. I like all the picks that we have. Uh, WVU plays Texas Tech Saturday, 3 p.m., Fox Sports 1 in Lubbock. Uh, so definitely check that out. Guys, I want to shift to basketball uh, real quick. Blue-gold game, blue-gold scrimmage game was Friday night. Some interesting things. I don't know, you know, like anything else, I don't know what you can take away from uh, inter-squad scrimmage in yeah, front of tough. how many ever. Yeah. It's not, there's not a lot to see there. I will tell you there's a couple of things that made me a little worried, Johnson. One of which was the fact that combined the Mountaineers, both blue and gold team combined, they were 28 for 72, a 39 percent shooting percentage from the field. <laughs> Are you That's telling me different. you don't like that percentage? I uh, think it. I mean, do you think it needs to be had higher? This conversation, <laughs> maybe just a bit. I mean, you're not going to win games shooting 38 percent, and you know they were eight for 27 beyond the arc, so. 
little worried about shooting. I think there were some highs, some positives that came out of it. Eric Stevenson had a couple block shots. I know that uh, people said that Joe Toussaint, new transfer Joe Toussaint uh, from Iowa, Iowa State, one of the Iowas, uh, he had two steals and five assists. So I think there were some good things, Scooty, that came from that. Uh, shooting, though, makes me a little nervous. You got to be able to shoot the ball to win the game. I don't know what you – I mean, I don't know much about basketball. I mean, I do well, know I that. Well, I think it was weird, though, Scoot. Like, Keedy leads all scorers. You'd never predict that, I don't think. So I think it's a weird – scrimmage environment someone tweeted that jamel king was like three or three of four from three like why would he be out shooting threes you know so i don't know this was a weird i I was kind of following this on on the twitter sphere and it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me after looking at some of the stuff i looked at i don't know that i take really anything away from this other than here are a couple of the new guys this is what their faces look like so that when um, Mrs. Scoot is watching the Mountaineers. She's not saying, now who is number two and who is number you know, 11, like four games into the season. That's This is an opportunity for her to get maybe a, a quick gander at yeah. whose face fits which name. Right. And, and that's where you go. Um, it's hard to – so, you know, when, when you coach, there are times when you are scrimmaging that – Certain guys kind of do better in practices, and some guys are like ghosts when it comes to game time. And so you're going to get some of that. Some guys are just better practice players. And then you've got the the fact that two guys that I think are possibly going to be our top two scorers for the season didn't even play in this game. Right. And Emmett Matthews and Trey Mitchell, it's very possible that they could end up being our top two scorers. They didn't even play. So this is more of an opportunity, I guess, to see uh, Mo, to see how athletic Mo is, to see how much space can Big Jimmy El Tunka, how much can he eat up? Well, I think those were the two specifics for me, Scoot. That everyone was tweeting, Jimmy Bell has apparently dropped massive pounds, put on muscle. He's apparently been working, you know, like people are saying like four workouts a day. And that, that was one of the trends I saw about this game. And then secondly, one that made me really nervous. I think you even pointed it out specifically was, uh, was Trey Mitchell, uh, being in, I think a walking boot. Right. Right. So that, that made me, that made me nervous. Maybe that's a known quantity, but I was excited to to have him transferring in, so hopefully he's he's going to be good to go here soon. Jimmy Bell, if you look at pictures from when Jimmy Bell came on his visit to what Jimmy Bell looks like now, there's no doubt that that guy has put in some work. And that's a credit to him. Uh, that goes along with what you've been hearing from the coaching staff in that these guys, for whatever reason, compared to guys of the past, are – in the gym they're in the you know in the weight room um they seem to be motivated in that way maybe that's and i i would attribute that to maybe being um that these guys i think coach huggins has had a little bit more of an influence on the recruiting of these guys than maybe previous incarnations of of what our team has looked like um, so these guys maybe fit the mold of Bob Huggins guys. Like well, I have to imagine Hugs, Hugs eats that up, right? I mean, if Hugs yeah. sees you yes. multiple workouts a day and, and putting that kind of work in, I'm assuming he would love that. 
from and all Jimmy these Bell guys. was what 290 when he came yeah. to us. He's probably like two, I don't know, 265, 270, and he's solid. He is like a tree trunk. Yeah. I think you know it's. I'm I'm still sitting in the. It's too early to, to say camp, right? I'm still trying to be. You know, I get nervous because I know in the preseason press conference that Huggins did, he talked about it's really hard to get a team on the same page with scoring and offensively, you know, when they haven't played together a lot. And so I feel like when he says stuff like that, he's setting us up for another season like last season where we, you know, shot 40% or less from the field 95% of the time. I think the defense is going to be better, though. I do think defense – which is Bob Huggins' calling card. If you you know, that's right. what he likes. That's what he recruits to. Really, offense is like, well, let's just play good defense, and we'll take whatever we can get on the offensive end. So, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm still not I'm still not dissuaded yet. Well, Guido, I I don't think you're wrong though. I mean, on the not sure, I I think that's how they've been graded so far, right? So we saw early Ken Palm rankings come out scoot loves when we talk to ken palm rank i know he does love ken what did you call ken palm last season like an accountant that just like like moonlights during march or something come on well so we saw that and we also saw the big 12 release their preseason rankings and i think guido the way you just said it makes me feel like that's the way those rankings rolled out like people people just aren't they're not really sure and i think these rankings kind of reflect that don't you think yeah i mean essentially if you look at I mean, if you live and and go by Ken Palm, uh, you know, uh, if you look at WVU, they're a bubble team right now, right? So they're seventy third in the Ken Palm rankings. Uh, they're that which puts them in the bottom two or three in the Big yeah, Twelve. Yeah, that put them that put teams. them ninth. That was good enough for ninth in the Big Twelve. And the Big Twelve had three schools in the top 10 for goodness sake and i think like five in the top 20 so it's going to be another meat grinder of a season um so scoot that defense better be improved for one thing yeah i mean you're talking texas baylor and kansas all in the top 10 preseason for the big 12 so it's it's i mean again it's another one of those situations where i i think we're so i mean in the, in the big east was no joke right i mean Maybe the last couple of years of the Big East was a little bit of a joke, but like the years that a lot of the years we played in the Big East, it was no joke, Scooty. And I think now we're in another conference where it's no joke. Like there's no, like these teams are no joke. I think the one area that we have struggled in, right? So there's, there is a style of play. Each league kind of has their own style of play. And Bob Huggins' style of play as a coach by far fit what the Big East was. You've got a couple of giants in the paint, some bruisers in the paint. You look to dump the ball down into those guys. When they get double teamed, they kick it out to an outside guy. Or they just muscle their way into the basket. Well, the Big 12 is a faster pace type game. And so you're looking at more uh, more of a track, a track meet than you are um, that style of play. So I feel like we've struggled – if there's been any struggles, some of it's been we've still recruited or tried to recruit to that style, and that style didn't work. And that's part of the reason why Hugs had to kind of reinvent himself with Press Virginia. But then we didn't really maintain that same recruiting. Like we didn't we didn't keep that style of play to to recruit to that style of play. So we've kind of been 
trying to figure things out on the fly and it's not worked out the last couple of years. Well, and this is kind of where I get at it with Huggins, which is like, I completely get that he's recruiting or trying to build a team to his strength, strengths as a coach. And you build big and you got, you know, you got Mo, you've got, you know, you've got Jimmy Bell. I keep on Jimmy Bell Jr., right? It's Jimmy Bell Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get the whole, I feel like Jimmy Bell Jr. just rolls off the tongue. It does. Really it's, it is kind of a yeah. sweet name, really. But you've got, you've got big guys, you you know, I mean, Jamil, you've got guys that are big guys, but if those are guys that aren't necessarily, and then we saw it, and I mean, I loved Gabe, but we saw it with Gabe, like Gabe was a great defender. And there were times where he was awesome, but he was slow. And when you're playing a team that's quick and fast, and like you said, a track meet, it's hard for us to keep up with that on the defensive side. And then on top of that, I mean, and I feel like Big 12 football is very akin to Big 12 basketball in a lot of ways because it's all like, you know, big passing, throwing offenses, and it's a lot of big shooting offenses on the basketball side. And I think where WVU is deficient in that is – that's great with the Big East days where, like, you used to love to win a game 65 to 68. But these Big 12 schools, they want to put up 80 points a game. And we got to be able to keep up yeah, with it. Yeah, and I'm still holding out some hope, Scoot, that Eric Stevenson steps into that. I, I'm even hoping that Emmett Matthews shows you that he's rounded out his game some. I think last year at Washington, he shot better from behind the arc, for example. So I, I don't know. I, I think you're right about the defense, but I'm also hoping that we find some offense out of some of these guys as well. Well, I think Trey, like I said, I think we'd have a better feel for it if Trey Mitchell and and Emmett played in this scrimmage. Again, it's a scrimmage. Um, I don't read too much into it in the sense, that, like I'd said to you, some guys are just better practice players. Some guys need to go up against somebody in a different uniform, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just right. It's not really indicative of anything to be honest with you. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, WVU plays a closed scrimmage, you know, those top secret, you know, hush, hush. Nobody knows about scrimmage games. They play that, one of those that, that we're announcing that we're announcing, by the way, they, and, they get, and the stats never get leaked out, all of that stuff. They play one of those Saturday against Dayton. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what gets leaked from that next week. And then WVU basketball actually plays a game. You can watch on TV in the month of October, October 28th. They play Bowling Green in the Coliseum. Uh, that is the Norma Ray Huggins Cancer Research Endowment Fund Classic. I'm going to call it a classic. It's a charity event. I'm 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 making it a classic. So is that an exhibition? It's, yeah, it's, that's an exhibition. Yeah, it's game. listed as an exhibition. So the, I I don't think our first official game is uh, until November seventh against Mount St. Mary's. But I, I it'll be interesting though. Like I, I well we'll be able to see it though. Yeah, that's, that's right, more of what right. I, we'll be able to well, watch and something. You'll be uh, able to freak out too. Is what I was getting ready to say too, Guido. Because like you know it'll be like. Everyone will forget that it's an exhibition if we lose to Bowling Green. I fully expect everyone to be be in their feelings. So that'll that'll be interesting. I mean, that'll be rough, Scoot, (laughs) if we lose to Bowling Green. I don't know anything about them. Are they the? Is that maybe they're? Isn't there two Bowling Greens? No, this is this isn't there one in Ohio and then one in Kentucky. I don't. I think you're wrong. I. I don't know. I feel like you just incepted my brain and now I'm trying to think about I it. feel like somebody on Twitter is going to correct somebody's got to correct us on this. I feel like there's I feel like now maybe there's only one college, but I, I feel like there are two one, places no, called I bowling actually, green. No, I actually think Scoot's oh, correct. Oh. Yes. 
so there's two towns right. called Bowling Green, but there's only one yes. college. And where but is this college think, located? I Which one? I think they're playing the college, not the the other. Well, one. yeah, they're not playing the high school, the town. <laughs> Well, but I think, which state is this college in? That's well, think, the question everyone bowling, wants to know. Well, I think I think this Bowling Green that we're talking about is Bowling Green State, yes. which is in Ohio. Not right. Kentucky. Not Kentucky. Not Kentucky. Stop <laughs> it, Scoot. We have to move forward. Why you, you can't do this, do this to us? Why do you? Yeah. Listen, it's not my, it's a, you, my, my knowledge of geography is a burden. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's definitely a burden for us as well so don't worry all right well listen guys we should wrap it up this week wvu football plays saturday in lubbock 3 p.m on fox sports one check that out scooty picked it as a loss johnson picked it as a loss myself guido picked it as a win so if you're a wvu Ooh. fan you should love guido is what he's basically saying i mean i'm i just that's <laughs> that's why i'm trying to get trying more to followers do, you can follow me on twitter oh, at top guido you can you can follow me i'm the one who loves wv <laughs> i like it uh listen guys don't forget you can find us online to check us out uh you can find us on twitter at got your ears or on facebook uh, instagram as well and johnson we have a website got your ears on.com we do have a website uh we'll post our show notes up for the show uh right when we post the show itself we'll have the tune in link right there on the page so you can click it and listen right there you can also click through to the gyeo merch store and check out our merch so check it out yeah definitely check out our merch look for the pullover guy t-shirt just remember all the proceeds from that shirt go to the normal ray huggins foundation at the bob huggins fish fry every year we send a check in for them so definitely check that out got your ears on.com thanks everybody for listening we'll be back next week you've been listening to got your ears on